There's a major controversy brewing, Josh. And in two hours and three minutes, we haven't talked about it. We'll get to it in the top five stories today. First, I want to remind you, if you've missed any part of the program, it's podcasted as soon as we're done, including our first hour where we went through it. Reg text, took some calls, recapped the tough loss to Texas. Now we wipe it and move on. No, nobody? And we all show up on Saturday. I, I have been informed that I will be at yet another pig show on Saturday, Josh. I will be at yet another, I, I say pig show, there's a fancier name for it. So what's up, Lexington? I'm coming to your hood. Softball Exciting. Yet. Exciting stuff. You know, here's my only complaint. And again, like I said, I don't have this in my DNA. All right, people, this is being forced upon me. I didn't grow up on a farm. I would go every summer to see my cousins, Jeremy and Anthony. That's not a lie. Thayer, Missouri, Mammoth Spring, Arkansas. And they would make fun of me because I was scared of the cows. And I was scared of the horses. And I was deathly afraid of the snakes. And now, Josh, guess what? It's my life. But when I go to these FFA events, I realize how non-manly I truly am. So I get another gut punch on Saturday. My hope is that it'll be done in time where I can get over and watch some of the game. That's my, I want to be in the LNC Saturday. That would be ideal. That fog was pretty freaky last night, though, wasn't it? Did you oh, drive? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Really, uh, I mean, last night, yes, but really kind of all day yesterday. As somebody who watches a lot of true crime, listens to a lot of murder mysteries. It was a bad night. It was a bad night. All right, uh, enough about me. Let's get to the news. Time for the top five stories of the day here, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Winnings galore progressive. Get ready to chase that winning progressive at Newcastle Casino, where you can take home a share of $27,500. You can learn more right now at NewcastleCasino.com. OTB, dining options, I-44, exit 107. Big story number five. Number five. Did the uh, Hall of Fame class in baseball do much for you last night, Josh Helmer? Uh, jog my memory again, Beltre, and who were the other two? You know what? Well, Todd Helton was the other one. Sorry, he kind of caught me off guard because you mentioned you mentioned Beltre and, and obviously Joe Maurer. Yeah, Maurer. Gosh, he was a good player. Adrian Beltre goes down as one of my all-time favorite Dodgers, and I will never, ever under... Now, again, let's remember... Eltre, uh, Adrian Beltre laid some turds during the final few few years that he had with the Dodgers, but then he uh, signed the big deal with the, the Rangers and kind of found another level. He's always one of those guys to where you hate that your team gave up on him. It's like, oh, man. And then he's goofy and he's funny and, you know, he had his back and forth with all the Rangers. I mean, bless his heart, he never won anything, but – I loved Adrian Beltre, man. He was one of my, as a as a youngster, he was one of my favorite Dodgers. This was back in the day, Josh. Whenever I would uh, I would read the trade magazines about what's going on in the minor leagues. Love me, Adrian Beltre. Here's what he had to say about being elected. 
to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday for the class of 2024. I, I was glad that it was over. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm honored. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's something that is, is amazing to be uh, even just on the ballot uh, and to be able to uh, now call myself a Hall of Fame is something that I even dream of. You know, I, I always wanted to be a, a decent baseball player, good baseball player, but I never thought about being a Hall of Fame. Now that I'm in, it's, it's really an honor. I'm, I'm humbled to be uh, called that, and uh, you know, um, it was it was kind of a, it was kind of super sweet and nice the way you got the call and you when you want to see Cooperstown, Cooperstown and the phone call and and yeah, kind of settled in. Okay, man, I think you are gonna make the Hall of Fame. So it was <laughs> it's really nice. Only the 19th third baseman elected to the Hall of Fame, the fewest of any position. Wow. Jim Leland was voted in by the Contemporary Baseball Era Non-Players Committee. Yeah, he's he's a slam dunk, no doubter. I I never really thought of Gary Sheffield as a Hall of Famer, so he's going to fall off mm -hmm. the ballot. Tenth and final year. Yeah, and Billy Wagner will probably make it last year. Or will probably make it next year. Carlos Beltran will be a Hall of Famer, right? I think so. He only got 57% of the votes. Yeah, he's got a long ways to go. Andrew Jones, 61.6%. I know we've gone long on this, but, you know, Joe Maurer kind of excelled in obscurity because the Twins didn't get a lot of talk. Beltre that we brought up, and, and they, you know, they never really had a big, massive playoff run that I remember during his time. But when I saw Todd Helton make it, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of George Frazier and how happy George would be for those that aren't familiar, uh, George, we, whom we lost this year, George and Todd were like best buds because George was the – he was the play-by-play, -play, uh, the, the analyst for the longest time on the Colorado Rockies TV network. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, 17 seasons that, that Todd was there. And I remember because George would come on with us on the buzz and there were many times where he'd be calling us from Todd Helton's ranch because George was either cutting yards for him or doing something, plowing, whatever, and they were really tight. So it's just um, I hate that George wasn't here to celebrate it, but I was really happy for Todd Helton to, to finally get in. That was um, was George's guy. So really, really cool moment. All right, let's uh, get to big story number four before I start getting all Death of my youth, by here. the way, with uh, some of these names going into the hall and oh! other names up for consideration. Oh, my gosh. Like yes. Carlos Beltran, I still remember vividly going to a Wichita Wranglers game as a kid and my dad saying, that's Carlos Beltran. <laughs> He's going to be really good. Uh, I agree. All right, big story number four. Number four. Last night, a game that many – Probably thought it was going to be a blowout. So, ended up being tight down the stretch. But in the end, the good guys got it done. Flashing left draws two. Elevates fires from the wing. Tracks a 15 foot jumper and knocks it down. Thunder lead by two with two seconds to play. Jalen Williams rises and rips the cords. Timeout Blazers. Notice I added a good guys one. Did you catch that, Josh? What, what did you make of the one? What did you make of the sequence where Chauncey Billups obviously gets back-to-back uh, -back technicals, gets ejected? They had the double dribble before, which is what set him off. What did you make of it? And then I'll share my thoughts. Okay. 
it's not going to get overturned. Last night after the game, from the for those that missed it, the the Blazers filed a protest because they felt that Chauncey had. I mean, it's pretty obvious he's calling for timeout, right? But the NBA hasn't really been in the game of admitting their wrongs. And we haven't had a successful protest since 2008. And that's when the – I don't know how I found this. I think someone had tweeted it into my timeline. Arnie talks about it, like, all the time, Josh. But the Heat – something happened 16 years ago once, and it's only happened eight times in the history – in the history, Josh – of the NBA, and Arnie's like, I think they're going to protest. I think they're going to win. It's like, there's only been eight successful protests in the history, Josh, in the history of the NBA. Heat were granted a, uh, a protest because Shaq was fouled out of a game against the Heeks when he, when he actually had five fouls. I don't think they're going to give on this. But I think the timeout, too, might have even been a little late, right? Yeah, and to me – Probably what you're more upset about is, generally speaking, the refs, it was a double dribble. It was a double dribble. But generally speaking, they've blown the whistle for a foul by that point. About nine and a half times out of ten, they didn't. He didn't get the timeout either. And it was a double dribble. I can understand why my man was hot about it. Oh, it was. Do you think that they're going to get anything out of it? Uh, No. I mean, maybe an apology of some sort of maybe there should have been a foul call. That would be the only thing. Mm, okay. But, uh, yeah, that that was a wild sequence. And then to miss the first technical foul shot, make the second, and even after that, Jalen Williams hits the shot, was a, a pretty amazing individual play. Is is it weird that? OKC was even in a game. I, I'm not gonna lie. I only I caught, told like, you yesterday. You told me yesterday. I told you, you right. buckle up. <sighs> For no reason, they beat this team worse than they've beaten anybody ever in the franchise history. And somehow, some way, this game was gonna be some kind of close for no good reason. <laughs> I, I don't know the process. I don't know how long this is going to take. Heck, I'm sitting here talking about it. They might have already made up their mind that they're not going to, they're not going to honor it. But we'll keep you up to date if okay. And by the way, they would just pick up the game from that point. It, the next time that OKC plays, do they play Portland again? I was trying to pull up the schedule while we were talking about it. I mean, while I do that, there is one other NBA note. Doc Rivers is now the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, there was a part of me that had had that moment where I was like, oh, that's right. The Bucks had a new coach this year. <laughs> Whenever I was watching this all go down last night and the, the awkwardness of CNN, re, CNN Sports reporting that Doc Rivers is the guy and Shams and Woj are like, ah, that's not really the case yet. But Doc Rivers is going to be the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Thunder back in action tonight in San Antonio, who has not played well. And let me see, when's their next game? They don't play Portland again until March 6th in Portland. I would assume, yeah, that's the last time they play Portland. So if this is indeed upheld, I would imagine they would just pick it up there. Are you uh, – I don't think it will be, though. Are you surprised to see this move made by Milwaukee right here, right now? 
kind of thought Adrian Griffin was supposed to be like this rock star that everyone thought was this up-and-coming coach, right? I mean, we didn't even make it to the trade deadline. I, and Giannis doesn't like him? I mean, Giannis seems so likable. How can you not like somebody? But, yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. And it, I don't know, it just seems odd. Why I feel would like you, you need to give a guy a year. Usually, but mm-hmm. it must have been so toxic, I guess. And if, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is not happy with it, I mean, look, they're they're in second place well, I in think the Eastern that's, standings. That's the part. <laughs> when this was all going down, I realized how little I'd been paying attention to the Milwaukee Bucks this year. <laughs> because when it was all going down, I was like, well, what? what's even their record? And then I pulled him like, wait, they're the number two seed in the <laughs> in the East. Because I was I was wondering, I'm like, had the bottom fallen out or something? I mean, I watch Thunder games and I watch Laker games. I'm not really snuggling up for a midweek Cavs Bucks showdown a lot of times, but it literally was one of those moments as a sports fan where I thought, that seems odd. I thought they were okay. Weird, man. It is nice though to see Doc Rivers failing upwards into a great situation. Every time. Every time. All right, uh, it's a big story number three. Number three. Did I say every time, Josh? Every single time. Uh, you know, I, I didn't play this the other day, but I just think this is so cool. For Baker's a hell of a player, and he showed everybody that he's criminally underrated. And, uh, you know, I was happy when we signed him. Uh, I knew he'd be a, a great player for us. What's Mike Evans after the game on Sunday? Uh, three days later, the Bucks have been very, very open about their desire to bring back Baker Mayfield. Question. Baker end up back in Tampa Bay next year? I say next season. I say yes. What say you? I, I think so, yes. Why does Mike Evans sound like Travis Kels? Baker's a hell of a player, and he, he showed everybody that he's criminally underrated. And, uh, you know, I was happy when we signed him. Uh, I knew he'd be a, a great player for us. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Boy, Mike Evans does a heck of a Travis Kelsey impersonation. Here is Kyle Shanahan on Brock Purdy in preparation for their showdown with the Lions in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. I mean, I think it did a little bit with the, I mean, I think a couple, you know, even just watching, uh, watching Love, too, you know, watch the first play of the game that he had on that swing route, the ball slipping, um, throwing in front of the guy, and there's a couple that got him, so there's definitely a few that got Brock, a few that he probably just missed trying to throw around a guy so it doesn't get tipped. Um, and a couple that you just can't explain that just do happen. You usually have a couple in the game, but then you had a couple more with weather and a couple more just um, not being exactly on on the throw, and uh, he had a few too many of them. But uh, he also made some hell of a throws too. I mean, dropping some of those balls over that middle linebacker to get to Juwan um, was unbelievable. Um, the low and away ball to, to B.A. on third down when they had pretty tight coverage on it. It was a hell of a throw and a hell of a catch that kept us out there, you know, after the drop. Um, so... He did a lot of good things, too. By no means was he perfect, but um, it was really cool when when we needed him to be at his best, he was. And so it gave us the best chance to win at the end. Mm. Mm. Well, that'll make you happy, right? Mm. Biggest moment, go uh, put the best plays together. We didn't talk about the numbers either, so real quick, before we hit big story number two, and then we get to big story number one, Josh, the most watched AFC divisional game. What am I saying, AFC? Most watched divisional game ever has led to a little controversy involving the refereeing crew, the officiating crew that will be on hand for the Chiefs-Ravens game. You don't say. 
Sean Smith and his crew will be the officials. Now, I don't know who dives into these numbers. Warren Sharp does. Oh, is that who got? Is that who did it? See, I got it from an aggregator who didn't give Sharp credit. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, there he did. Okay. Uh, with other refs, home teams win an average of 56% of the time. With Sean Smith and his officiating crew, home wins drop to an average rate of just 41%. Josh, ah, is the beautiful. NFL trying to maintain the Travis Travis Swift, the Taylor Swift book uh, bump into the Super Bowl? We certainly hope so. I mean, <laughs> if there's any justice in this world, then yes. I don't know how, but we need to get there. 50.39 million viewers on CBS. Well, most watched divisional game ever. Everybody's looking for a reason why Kansas City's great and it's been fixed and this and that. Right? It's the fix is in. We do this uh, with dynastic runs mm-hmm. in any sport. Mm-hmm. Those numbers, though, are pretty interesting, I-, I have to say. Is there anything to he's actually a great official and he calls it more fairly than other officiating crews? That can't be the case. I'm sorry, Josh. That is incorrect. Do you want to play this Christopher Russo thing in a bit? <laughs> yeah, we, okay, we okay. should. It's pretty All good. Right, um, big story number two. Number two. So it was a fairly big night in college basketball before we get to Oklahoma. Uh, the I'm falling for the Purdue Boilermakers again, Josh. I'm just warning you right now. Edie, left side of the rim, missed the layup. Rebound, got it back, lays it in the basket. Edie with his own offensive putback. Number one, number one overall seed. Dominating. They destroyed. What's going on at Michigan? You follow the Big Ten there, Josh Elmer. Uh, what they seems stink. to be is that it? <laughs> yeah, they're not any good. That's the big problem they've got. And they lost Hunter Dickinson. Uh, you know, oh, I mean, that, imagine yeah. if they had him back. Purdue won by 32. And then late last night, how about Houston coming from behind? BYU's within five. 59-54 and 8-0 BYU run as this crowd comes to full throats. Hand off to Shed. Shed gets double teamed. Shed driving away from it. Shed leaves it for Francis, and he rises for the two-hand slam. Mm. Houston wins at 75-68. And I'm a little bit disappointed that in my morning prep, I did not have the final call from the South Carolina radio network. But they stormed the court after a big win last night over Kentucky. Big win. They beat the snot out of them. So congratulate. I guess Big Z ain't all that, is he? 79-62. Which gets us, unfortunately, to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. I should also add, there's some really good games in college basketball tonight, too, Josh. Auburn and Alabama play. Some people think Auburn might be the best team in, in the SEC. Illinois is at Northwestern. Northwestern beat Purdue earlier this year in the Big 12. Kansas State's at Iowa State. But no, no, no. We got to talk about the frustration last night in the LNC. Oklahoma falls to Texas. Porter Moser, what's next? We, we got to bounce back. We got to bounce. This can't define us. I mean, we got to grow from struggle. We struggled. We got to struggle, go, grow from it. Um, but you got to, you got to get, you got to get back and go get on one game win streaks after this, and that's that's the next one. So uh, um, we have a much needed day off tomorrow, but we got to regroup. We got to regroup, and uh, Texas Tech is, is on their bye week. We know that, um, but we got to get rested and get ready for another physical defensive game. And we got to grow from this struggle. 
One more. I'm always saying don't let your offense dictate your defense. You've got to guard. And I, I will say there were times we were guarding really well. We forced 13 turnovers. Didn't get some second-chance points. Um, and we didn't, make, we didn't make some key shots. But uh, I thought we weren't as crisp offensively in that stretch when they got separation. And that starts with me. Kevin Henry in the pregame has his keys to a Sooner victory. And like I said, I was I was tuned into the Sooner Radio Network last night, Josh. Here were his three keys. Number one, transition defense. Now I know that I know that there's probably more than just looking at fast break points, but as far as transition defense is concerned, Oklahoma outscored Texas fifteen to seven at fast break points. Turnovers. Don't turn it over. Oklahoma didn't turn the basketball over a ton last night. In fact, they they had more points off turnovers than Texas did, and I think that Texas turned it over more than OU did. But his third key, rebounding. And that's where Oklahoma, unfortunately, just, I think for lack of a better way to put it, Josh, just couldn't get anything going. Couldn't get anything going. Uh, Texas was a beast on the glass. They came into the to that game, gosh, in like the, almost the 200s in rebounding margin. Oklahoma was 22nd in the country. Texas just had their number last night. We spent the entire first hour talking about the game. If you missed it, you can find it on the podcast page. As soon as the show routes up, KRE, uh, kref.com, or search KREF however you consume podcasts. But, Josh, let's put a wrap on it. Final thoughts from last night. Big charge going forward. Is this just who Oklahoma is going to be? Or or are they capable of more? Well, I definitely think they're capable of more than we saw in the final 12 minutes last night, no doubt. It's, uh, it's a team that you ran down the numbers earlier. Entering last night, they're a top 25 rebounding margin team. 22, 22. And, and they weren't that last night. And it got them, got them beat. They didn't uh, didn't find enough shot making themselves, and they didn't have stops. Nine uh, nine for twelve coming down the stretch for Texas last night. Not going to win you many games that uh, are close in this league, and it was close at that point coming down the home stretch until uh, Texas went on the final run. So, as Porter said, it is what it is. You can't stew in it. It stinks for us as fans, but uh, you got to move on, man. Texas Tech's really good. They got to go get that one. Yeah, my number is uh, in the final 12 minutes, I had Texas 9 of 12 from the floor, and Oklahoma was 2 of 13. It's tough. That's a good way, t- uh, good way to lose to good teams every time. That's right. All right, there's your top five stories of the day. OU women in action tonight. They'll square off against Texas in Austin. We'll take a look ahead of that. Plus the scraps, the stories that didn't make the top five next right here on The Ref. Oh, yeah, let's go. I didn't I you said Bumpy Roach was on hold and it didn't resonate uh ladies and gentlemen uh my man behind who is in my opinion the foremost connoisseur of Detroit Lions information Josh he is the lifelong Lions fan what's going on Bumpy Roach how are you man Not much man how you guys doing today Doing good It's a great day man how you feeling are you like on cloud 9 right now I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> I've never been here before. We don't know. We have, this is like TJ and the Rangers. Right. Uh, yeah, so I had a bunch of people ask me, why are you a Detroit Lions fan out of Oklahoma? And I'm, I'm like uh, Steve Owens, Billy Sims, 
Teddy Lehman, Ryan Broyles. Like, we draft OU players all the time. Why not? My best friend, Robbie DeRossi, doesn't have an NFL team. He just roots for whomever Sooner fans or whoever Sooner players get drafted by. It's I, I, I don't know how you guys can do that. you got to latch on to a team like Bumpy Rhodes has, right? When they draft enough, that becomes your squad. i got to tell you something, though. I love it. I, I think it's one of the coolest stories that's happened in the NFL in a while. You know, you, you had the – who was it a couple of years ago? The, the Rams hadn't won a Super Bowl in a while, and that was cool. Chiefs hadn't won a Super Bowl in a while. You know, that kind of pained me a little bit when they did it. But to have never gone to a Super Bowl, I mean, to have never – and you haven't been in a, in a title game since 91 in a championship game? Dude, that's who, awesome. Uh, who are the four that have never been to the Super Bowl? Let me see if I can do this. Lions, Texans, Browns, and Chargers. No, Chargers have been. Never mind. Stan Humphreys took them. Lions, Texans, someone's yelling at their radio right now. It's probably Mad Dog yeah. Russo. As is, you'll hear later. is it the Jaguars? Have the Jaguars? Jaguars have never been to a Super Bowl, have they? That's got to be it. I think that. I think that's correct. There you go. Look at us. Well, at any rate, yeah, it, it would be a heck of a story, and it already is. I was. But right. uh, man, you got an opportunity. It's a. They're, they're fully capable of winning uh, in San Francisco. They got the better quarterback of the two. They've got a, a good defense, nice skill position guys. They're fully capable of winning this week at San Fran, and I think of winning in Las Vegas. So you get an opportunity here. Let's see what they Look do out. with it. Well, I think uh, I've got a little bit of San Francisco scouted. I think Brock Purdy needs to play like he's in the Big 12 championship game. We'll be just fine there. Uh, <laughs> yes. McCaffrey gets 70% of his yards to the left. Stop him to the left. And then Debo Samuel, I think we can uh, – He's already hurt. I think we just put him on the ground one or two more times. He's out of the game again. Dude, you just so. triggered so many people. They're like, how dare you? Why? He's not rooting for an injury, people. He's saying a couple of shots, and he's good to go. All right, so have Purdy play like he did in the Big 12 title game. Christian McCaffrey, force into his right, and let's see if he, if one more shot doesn't slow down Debo Samuel, right? Yes, sir. And then he's let's have uh, Goff play well. Got it. I mean, that's yeah, there, there's no way they win the game if Goff's not the better of the two quarterbacks. he's He's got to be that. Agreed. Goff needs to play well on Brian Branch. Both of them need to have stellar games. Good, man. Hey, have fun, Brian. It's good to hear from you, man. Good, good luck and congrats. Thank you, guys. Um, All right, take care. By the way, he mentioned – I'm getting so triggered by tweets recently, Josh. I might have to quit Twitter, okay? I might have to quit Twitter. Uh, two, just real quick. You were mentioning uh, Brian Branch. Nicole Lynn, who I think is awesome. I follow her on Twitter. She's an agent. And I get, I assume that she's Branch's agent, Captain Obvious here. There is a, a tweet from Detroit Lions PR that says, since stats began being tracked in 1999, only two NFL rookies have produced a postseason with at least 15 tackles, two tackle for losses, one sack, and one... PD, I guess what, pass deflection? And that is Brian Branch. She retweeted it and said, if your team passed on him, I'm sorry. Bro, the Lions passed on him three times. They picked three players before they drafted Brian Branch. They picked their starting tight end, their starting linebacker, and their starting running back. I understand the premise, 
But it's kind of like the Lamar Jackson thing. I'm going to make every team that ever passed on me pay. Bro, the Ravens passed on you in the first time. They took a tight end before they drafted you. <laughs> and the, here's, the other, here's the other one. So yesterday we lost one of the uh, – uh, was it Uga 9 that we lost, I believe? Oh, no. Sad. Uh, one of the great bulldog mascots. And un- unfortunately, Josh – Unfortunately, the uh, Barstool Longhorn account used that opportunity to repost the tweet of the Sugar Bowl when poor Ugga got chased away by Bevo. Now, I want to remind everyone, if Bevo had decided he was just going to take out everybody there, Everybody would have been taken out. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Not just the bulldog, but the handlers, the people taking the video, and just about all of those who are slow, Bevo could have ended them. But Mike Griffith, whom I, I like Mike, he's a Georgia guy. So they're being smart, Alex. I mean, let's, I'm not here to defend Texas, but they're being smart, Alex. And Mike Griffiths posted, what a nasty BS post. And I think he could have stopped there. Then he goes, Georgia fans will surely remember this on October 19th if I know them right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for Aga, and we'll get you Texas Longhorn Barstool account. It's like, what, what do you what, what do? You do? We'll remember that. I'll never forget that tweet. It's Sorry. the rallying cry for Max, the late Max. Kirby Smart will be getting. Got to make sure that you're fit on the outside. Keep Isaiah Bond in check. And, oh, by the way, remember they tweeted something mean about Uga. We're All not right. going to take that around here. All right, guys, as we go along in this PowerPoint presentation here, I want you to take a look at this. <laughs> they disrespected Uga. Oh, Debo Samuel has not been listed as out yet, Sooner Gundy, just so you guys know. There has not been an official injury. What's the word? Del, 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 injury update on that. What is uh, the process look like for finding the next Ugga? Oh, they have it. I mean, he had retired, and so Ugga 10 had been taken over this year. Oh, so th- the transition had already happened. That's right. Okay. But what does that process look like? What, what do they do? Uh, you know, Toby, there you go. There's an SEC stat of the day for you. I know he did one about, you know, where they have the – like the mausoleum for dogs or whatever. It's like a, a tribute to him. But I'm sure I'm sure it's something as simple as they have this one breeder a breeder where all the dogs look the same. So I was like, oh, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. I will say, as somebody who spends an inordinate amount of time around bulldogs for some reason, the fact that most of these bulldogs are so well behaved and well trained, it's pretty incredible is there anything worse on social media than all of the barstool accounts they're it's they're all trying to hit home runs every single time (laughs) it's looking for a grand slam it's like it's like literally they are swinging for the fences every single time and there there's so many of them they become so oversaturated and it's like y'all you're not you're not portnoy stop and you know every single one of those is a senior at Texas, a senior at OU. You know, right? There's no fear. It's okay. I mean, you're you're not going to get canceled, but you also, ugh. uh, here it was. This is from a couple of days ago. This is from January 21st. It was the SEC fact of the day. I'm I apologize. I I think Uga 10 is the one that passed. They're on to Uga 11. 
He's the current Georgia Bulldog mascot. Past deceased Uggas are entered into a mausoleum near the main entrance of Sanford Stadium. A bronze plaque displays an epitaph of the team's accomplishments during each of Uggas' tenures. Pretty cool. And there I am using Toby's SEC stat of the day to help answer a question here on the Plank Show, Tom Dunning. Well, helmet sticker for Ugga? Dude, that'd be great. Just for the Texas game because of that mean tweet. And they're going to sh- they're gonna show them. They're going to show them. All right, we got a break. Uh, whoa, do we ever. Uh, text line is next right here on the home of Sooner fans. Hour number three, we are back. Presented by Mop and Roofing. That's Mop and Roofing and Construction. They got you covered, Oklahoma. Get by Moppin and his team a call. 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience. Again, 405-703-3843. And if you don't call them right now, uh, obviously we're getting into that spring season here in short order where there's going to be some some hail damage. You're going to want to uh, make sure that everything's spick and span up top with your roof. You don't want to mess around with any potential leaks or issues. To the text line we go, 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405, Josh Allen is not the problem. Bills need more weapons and defensive help. Agree? Yes. Yes. I mean, I definitely think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. Right now he's got a Mahomes problem, which is not unique to Josh Allen. Do you know what's weird to me? Every year we have a team, Saints were this a couple years ago, where you hear, they're like $90 million over the cap. What are they going to do? And they always end up signing people, right? It's like, wait, I thought they were like over the cap. The Bills are $47 million over the cap heading into the offseason. So I don't – it always magically fixes itself. But who are they going to go get? I mean – Yeah, they got a lot of big-time free agents. So, I mean, it's a big draft for wide receivers – and as as far as getting help, I mean the the wide receivers that made the the biggest plays. I'm not gonna lie, were dudes that I'd barely even heard of. You know, Gabe Davis, who was a fourth round pick, uh, Khalil Shakir, who was a fifth round pick. Their their star disappeared. They they found some success at a receiver later in the draft, and James Cook had a pretty untimely drop, but. Yeah, I, I could see that. Stephon Diggs. Stephon, well, I, I didn't mention Diggs just because he's their star and he didn't do a damn thing. Yeah. Uh, dropped what should have been a touchdown pass. I, uh, or at least set him up uh, right on the doorstep. Ding, ding, ding. I think their issue, though, was defensive injuries. I actually am not one of those. It's like, fire McDermott. Their window is closed. I, I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll get a receiver in the draft or maybe another one in free agency. They get a little healthy. They're still going to be a problem. But I – I have also gone through, let's see, one, two, three, four rebuilds, uh, maybe five since 2016. So you're kind of an expert. I'm kind, I kind of know whenever you're going to be okay. You're, you're going to be okay, Buffalo. Yeah, because you've got Josh Allen. and uh, That's the biggest key, man. Yeah, it's a good starting block. A Brazilian Sooner, I don't get the Brock Purdy hate. The Packers made Dak Prescott look even worse. Green Bay's become a very good team now. They're, they're, they're going to be the hype train this offseason, aren't they? 
Who, Green Bay? Oh, man. Oh, it's, everybody's going to be talking about Green Bay. Who, who, who is it that's getting the um, offseason bump in college football? Who was it? Oh, uh, they're going to be the Ole Miss of the NFL offseason. Green Bay will be. I like this next one from the 918 because it gets us back to hoops, which we spent the entire – did I tell you we spent the entire, entire first hour on it, Josh? You guys don't talk enough basketball. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm sick of this wrestling and icicle stuff. Ah, tired of this. You need to get on from the wrestling talk. Like, yeah, we're, we're talking about a Netflix Just stretching show. our legs. Sorry about that. 918 writes, I think Josh Helmer hit it on the head. I live three hours away. It's a six-hour round trip. And it's definitely a disappointing feeling devoting that much time, energy, and money coming over and taking an L, especially to Texas. However, folks need to understand this is basketball. There's ups and downs in every team. Look at the 10 teams ranked higher than OU and tell me one that's looked dominant this year and has not lost a game. That's nobody. It's nobody. Um, I would – I think this was a problem covering the Thunder early on, and I thought it had subsided – until OKC lost those back-to-back games. It's in back. Uh, <laughs> but it was back where everyone's like one loss, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong? We're terrible. You know, it's, it's bad. It's a long season. What would you think of this one? 918. was disappointed with the game, boys. Moser and his guys didn't have a good one. It happens. I took five peeps from the 918 to the game. My complaints. Put a rally towel in the lower bowl only. Hey, that's that was what uh, that was the true complaint. Now, someone did point out that they 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 had someone from marketing that was going around and making sure that people had those towels in the upper level. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Uh, He said beer line. I enjoyed a five dollar beer from five to six. Was in line at five forty five for another. By the time I got up there at six oh two, they charged me twelve bucks. I know we can't alter that stadium (laughs) arena. Good, little, good editing. Yeah. But little things like I mentioned above can be much improved. I – worst b-ball gym in America. <laughs> At worst b-ball gym in America. It's not the worst, is it? I mean, it's probably not one of the – I mean, it's probably toward the bottom of the list, but is it the absolute worst? Mm. Boy, you know what I've been impressed with and seeing here on the text line, Josh? Is how many people took someone last night. I yeah, that's, that's really good. cool. Right? That's good. The but, uh, oh, go ahead. The beer price going up like that—that that is that disappointing. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't know what you do to fix that outside of you have more lines. And they fixed it for one game, and then people are complaining. By the way, speaking of inviting people out to games, congratulations uh, over the last couple of days to Brad Lawrence, Jason Pickett, Gary Reed, and Paul Yannick, who have all won tickets to the OU women's gymnastics meet Friday night. Uh, I received word during the show today, Josh, that KJ is going to jump on with us tomorrow. I like it. Let's uh, make our final thoughts more of these tweets, uh, texts. What do you say? Let's do just that. Even though I do have a story for you, I want to fit in. We'll try to do it all in our final segment brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services right here on The Ref. In about five years from now, Josh, we got to tell that story on the air, right? In about five years from now. Yeah, that'd be good. I'm still looking for it. Is that terrible? I'm still looking for it. Looking for Tiffany Hawk, University of Tulsa. Anyone knows, shout out, Tri-Delta. 
trying to trying to connect a few dots. Some final puzzle pieces. I I need closure. Thirty years later, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So Knippelmeyer, I'm sorry, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line uh, gives way to our good friends at Primrose Funeral Services for our final thoughts. Primrose Funeral Services, pre-plan your memorial by calling them today at 405-321-6000. Okay, I've got, a, I've got a quest for you, Josh. I've got a quest for you. Do you think that you could go without your phone for an entire month? No. Well, there is a... New York-based yogurt company called Siggy's, I'm not familiar with them, who is offering you a chance to win $10,000. Yeah, not enough. To award 10 people with cash and other prizes, which includes a, a, a flip phone for what they're calling a digital detox. Uh, now can I uh, can I text with my laptop because see, I have that's that what I, I haven't gone full in on the rules, but surely like, not. It's like I literally spend more time on my Mac texting people than I do with my phone. Yeah, what am I going to do? Call people from the office? I don't call people anyway, but I text a lot. But hey, just text me. Well, about that. But it's only one month. I think I could go one month without my phone, don't yeah, you? For ten thousand dollars, I guess. But the, you know that there probably eight thousand of that is yogurt. Right. It's like, oh well, listen, it's not ten thousand dollars. It's kind of funny because the the prizes you win are ten thousand dollars, a smartphone lockbox, a flip phone, one month prepaid SIM card. And three months worth of Siggy's yogurt. <laughs> what is it? Siggy's? Siggy's. I've never heard of them before in my life. And here you go. Here you go. Ten thousand dollars in Siggy's, Siggy's box. yogurt. But I got I, I had a laugh because I remember when I first got my phone, it, I was my first phone I ever got was a flip phone. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. The smartphone locks uh, lock box that they give you as a winner has a higher retail value than the flip phone does. <laughs> so there you go. If you can find it, Siggy's yogurt, find the website, 30 day. Digital detox win thirty dollars, but there's a lot, a lot of rules, Josh. A lot of rules. Hey, Steel Man and Thune at noon are coming up next. Y'all have a great day. We're live from Cavens tomorrow. Show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref at Plank Show at KREF Sports. This is the Home of Sooner fans.